0: back with another interview this time we got the chance to talk to the people who make Castlevania Nocturne the amazing series that it is we spoke with the directors Adam Dietz and Sam Dietz as well as the series showrunner Kevin Coley take a listen uh,
1: I am Adam Dietz the co-director
2: I'm Sam Dietz
3: the director I'm Kevin Coley one of the showrunners
0: And we're talking Castlevania Nocturne. Um, (laughs) Thanks, y'all, for taking the time today. Um, Sure. I have seen the series through twice now, so I have a lot of questions, and I will try to keep them as brief as possible. Um, But my first question is about the animation of this series. Uh, It is closer to some of the animation that we'd see that we saw in some of the fight scenes at the end of season four of the original series. Um, but it's carried throughout this uh, throughout the whole this series. So a little bit more simplistic and some details out uh um, leading into fights and everything like that. So I wanted to just ask what changed about the animation style this season and what led to that choice stylistically? Uh
2: so uh it it's Came from a, a few different angles. So, uh, uh, this was our first opportunity to do a refresh with the style. Uh, uh, you know, across the uh, four seasons of the uh, original series, uh, we kind of, like, got to slowly evolve things, but we couldn't necessarily, like, totally redesign stuff or change styles or, or, or anything like that. So, this is our chance to kind of, like, look at uh, uh, the style and... with something that felt relevant to the uh um, the change in uh the story uh as well as uh um just kind of like um you know a a refinement uh of certain things so um starting to move towards more delicate line work uh sometimes being a a little less heavy-handed with uh uh, shadows and instead being more particular with shadow shape for the design um uh as well as um you know sometimes uh um uh, uh well it, there was like a thought process of trying to um uh make things uh, uh slightly more animation friendly and then it, ended, it just ended up actually being harder <laughs> so we ended up kind of going the other way uh with with it uh, uh so uh that that's uh, uh that's a funny story me me and Katie are very uh uh, you know, like minded and wanting to do like beautiful uh artwork and stuff on everything, and then uh, the animators are like, What are with what's with all this stuff? <laughs> like, <sorry>. uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, anyways,
0: I was gonna say the um, the Yami Kojima elements have always been present in Castlevania, but I feel like it's even more so here this season. Um, I think especially with. Uh Richter kind of being the first Belmont we see that's more of a shonen than, you know, that gruff and tumble, you know, Trevor that we got last time. Um and the the next question I have comes from that I think Richter is a really good look at style and storytelling, where he is smaller in stature build wise, but also in a lot of the scenes, he's almost kind of projecting um uh, projecting confidence versus actually having it until, you know, the midway point. Uh, so let's talk Richter. Like what led into having him be such a drastically different Belmont and kind of dropping us into the beginning of his
3: story? Well, oh, he's young. Uh, was young. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, initial differences. He, he is young in his life has been obviously uh when we when we meet him in the story, his life has been quite different than than Trevor's life was, so I mean he has it you know his travels with his mom, but he's basically been living somewhat of a quiet life uh in France with Tara and Maria he's dealt with with vampires and things like that, and he's you know he's strong and he's cocky, but he really hasn't dealt with anything. You know of the danger or scale that he sort of uh, you know is dropped into in, in this story. So he has to. He has. To, he, he doesn't want to admit. I don't think that he doesn't have it covered, right? Like he's he's got you know his his strong cockiness, but um, as you say, like you know, there's yeah. underneath that there's there's some things that he's going to learn.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Trevor, we had a kind of. A fully grown, fully, uh, um uh, you know, a, a very, uh, 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 he was already, already a, a fully developed Belmont as far, but he needed to, to kind of learn to care and to get back into the fight, uh, and, uh, all of that. Um, so we, we kind of like, uh, enter things on a, at a different point in his de- development, uh, than with Richter, who, um, he is, uh, uh, he, he's happened to have a bit of a coming of age, uh, uh story. Um, uh, and so it, 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 he, it is a very different point in his development. Um, but, uh, it comes at a different angle as, as well. Uh, and so, um, you, that, uh, gives us a, a different playground with, uh, uh, uh this Belmont, uh, than we have in in the past. Adam, do
0: you want to add
2: anything? <laughs> I call it a playground. I don't know what's it. playground.
0: Oh <laughs> I was asking Adam if you wanted to add anything
1: too. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. Um I I would say that like his his sort of look I think kind of came naturally when Sam and Katie were sort of talking through what to do with Richter who's had like there's loosely speaking about three or four different designs between Rondo Blood, the Dracula X update. And then the iteration that's appeared in uh, Smash Brothers as well, there's, like, slight differences here and there. Um, and so they did something that kind of put some of those elements together, but also made him at home with within our universe, I think. The Bishonen part, I you know, every Belmont's a Bishonen in some regard, you know? <laughs> They're all hot goth guys. That's how that, that's the, that's what Ayami Kojima kind of did, right? And so I think that too, you can't really stray too far away from it, really. It's, it's not an accident. I think we just all naturally gravitate
3: that way. Yeah,
2: that was sort of the, the, uh, uh, the, the through line we wanted to carry over from the original series. It's still visually, it felt like it was at home, even if, it, uh, it was a, uh, uh, refinement. The fun thing with uh, Richter is that, um, talking about Bishonin, uh, he, he actually, uh, gives off a little bit more vibe of the the a shonen character uh yeah. he he uh feels a little bit more like uh what you you might expect from a a, sh- a shonen manga or something like that yeah. he has this emotional weakness he
1: has to <laughs> overcome it and then when he does he gets stronger yeah that's yes. that's <laughs> very um, much
2: very much in the in his blood for sure <laughs> little
0: transformation moment with his hair <laughs> that's all the pieces um, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I think that the style that the show has crafted over time and and that that decadence that comes with Kojima's initial concept art and, and art for Castlevania really lends to the decadence of France in a really beautiful way when we get to see the vampire aristocracy. Um and also the vampire messiah. Um I wanted to ask a little bit when it comes to building out the villains this season, um, their stories are really deep from Ulrich's. To um, Drolta, and even uh, Bathory herself. Uh, can we talk about like how we all built the villains and which ones are y'all's favorites?
2: I think uh, Drolta
1: is definitely our favorite.
2: <laughs> I, I, all, all rocks for me, but I love Drolta, too. Uh, oh,
1: All rocks is wonderful. Yeah.
2: Sure. I, I would just like to say that for a brief moment. So uh, uh, in the um, Castlevania Bloodlines design for. Uh, uh I I think that they, they they mistranslated her name Elizabeth Bartley or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I played around with the green hair she just looked like the Joker um which, <laughs> so I was like no nah, I can't do that. Uh so I just wanted to put it out there to all the fans. We tried. We did I try tried it. it and I was just like I'm sorry.
3: I can't what <laughs> <get into> it. <laughs> about you. Yeah, they're all they're all great. It's hard, hard to pick a favorite. I have, Favorites between, you know, all rocks and Drolta and, and Herzabeth for different reasons. But, you know, it, it it's great because they all, like, you, you care about all of them and you sort of care about their stories. You sort of understand where they're coming from. And, you know, sort of think goes back to what we were able to achieve in the original season, uh, original series with, with Dracula, you know, sort of making, you know, these grounded characters and grounded stories. So we're telling these, you know, fantastical, you know, fantasy stories. But, you know, the characters, characters always feel very, very real. Their stories feel very real.
0: Um, and I think one of the things that I found really interesting about this place in history was it would have been really easy to just focus on France, not on, um, Haiti, um, and the, uh, rebellion in Haiti as well. Um, and that brings me to the character of uh, Annette, who really is kind of just romantic footnote in the history of Castlevania, especially in Rondo. Um, and she gets to be a badass, but she gets to be a bad, badass, a badass informed by her background and her resiliency. And so I just wanted to kind of ask the question, um, why, why choose to actually tackle that type of subject matter in the show? Uh, because a lot of fantasy theories do tend to sidestep it.
3: I think, you know, it's a credit to, to Clive, uh, and the writers on the show that, um, you know, Clive is, um, you know, Clive is a student of the history. And I think, you know, when he when, you know, we we talked about setting the show during the French Revolution and during that that time period, you know, it's always about finding the the right balance between the history and the and the fantasy. But, you know, the way that the stories in history are intertwined in the way that, you know, he was able, you know, to bring characters um from those different places, the Asian Revolution, the French Revolution together in a way that made sense like both historically, but also, you know, from, from how we told, uh, told our story. And again, I think that's, you know, it's, it's one of the things that's, that's unique about Nocturne is is how grounded it is in, in those elements. You know, we don't really, as you said, we don't really shy away from them because it actually, you know, a lot of, a lot of the history in the story is, is, is pretty factually accurate, you know,
2: Outside you of know, the vampires, yeah. Outside of the
3: vampires, uh, but um, you know, well, we when- don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but when it came to, uh, I think the, the 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 themes of the story, uh, uh, when it started with, you know, French Revolution, with uh, uh, you know, it was like, okay, we kind of go with Richter, okay, 1792, uh, uh, the French Revolution, all that kind of stuff. And then it built from there and there's a lot of, uh, uh ties historically between the Haitian revolution and the French mm-hmm. revolution, uh, and all, all of that fun stuff. Um, so it, it, well, it was all terrible actually, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it is, it's interesting stuff. Um, and so I, I, it, I, I, I see how, you know, uh, to, uh how Clive, uh, made those uh, connections and uh, built something that, uh, um, was, uh, well, uh, grounded in the, the themes of, you know, revolution and everything uh, in the show.
3: It's also also fun, I think, to, to imagine, like, in the real history, like, what role vampires would play, like, where they would be, <laughs> and, and you know, I think all of that, you know, sort of comes together in a, you know, in a really, you know, wonderful way. I think they, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but I think uh, the team did an amazing job.
2: Yeah. Castlevania has
3: a funny property where it is, uh, uh,
2: it's set in real world history, but there's vampires and, uh, uh, horrible <laughs> monsters and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it, it, it gives it's us- some the, asshole
1: carrying a whip. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, uh, so it, it, it's kind of like a, a weird, uh, funny, funny thing.
0: Yeah. I think my follow-up question to that, too, is um, so powerhouse as an animation studio has used folk religion in the past and is like one of my favorites, um, when it comes to bringing out a culture's spirituality and using it and adapting it into in a sense four powers. Um, and We see that with Annette as well, with Olun, um, even having the Veves drawn in the floor when she does her spells. Um, what kind of led that to... To kind of become the, the core of her power, um, the yeah, Haitian Vodou and, and some of that Yor- Yoruba influence. Can you kind of walk through the process of adding that and then also making sure it, it, it visually looks distinctive from the, the magic that we see the speakers do as well?
2: Well, I, honestly, that is a, uh, uh that's a, a Clive question and Clive did uh, uh, a wonderful job, I think, of, uh, 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 educating us uh uh, him and his and the team of writers and uh 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 you know uh uh cultural consultants and all that kind of stuff they educated us on uh how to um really uh uh bring back to life and so it it, it's been kind of like a, a a fun process of um you know, learning a lot of, uh, things, playing around with signs, thing and, uh, uh, putting them in front of folks, uh, who know better than us <laughs> about these, uh, 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 about the, the culture and, and, um, and then seeing it, sometimes their reaction in a, in a really wonderful way when we, uh, land on something that's, that, you know, speaks to them. So, um, that, that's just sort of one of the things that's, uh, that's been, um, uh, rewarding is, is, uh, learning and educating ourselves uh about something that um you know is is new to us and part of the reason why I think you know a lot of folks uh uh want to uh explore the space and uh, uh, uh introduce it to others
0: and I think one of the things that really stuck out for me as well is the visual storytelling that the team was able to do, um, in uh, as well as the, the scripting and, and the dialogue. There's a lot of visual elements that help put the audience into um, an emotion, an atmosphere. Um, I think we can just stay on net. The moment when her powers are awakening, we see her running through um, the fields. The animation style is drastically different because you're creating something new for us to fall into as viewers. Um, when it comes to approaching visual storytelling, can you kind of just talk about some of your favorite moments that you, you can't wait for fans to fall into? That one definitely. Uh,
2: and that was uh, an idea that Tam Liu, uh, the episode director for, uh, for, for uh, 103, uh, had come up with, uh, and he, uh, personally animated those shots because uh, he had a vision in mind for it uh and uh i i was just blown away and it was it like you know made me emotional <laughs> when i was uh uh watching the the first fully composited uh uh take a, a, of it because it was just uh it, it really just like drove home the feeling the, that uh that it needed to it was it was
3: great
1: yeah I worked closely with Tamblo on that on that sequence as well because uh he wanted something that looked a little bit more amorphous and 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 painterly uh and so uh you know i I run the post team on top of directing, so like I was able to communicate certain things that i it needed and do the initial composites. And add, uh, displacement effects and texturing that kind of gave it a little bit more painterly look and went back and forth with Tam because he is very particular about stuff to a T that's really important, I think, for sequences <laughs> like that. Cause like you have to have that vision, I think, for it to to land. So.
3: It's, it's, a, it's for sure a beautiful sequence. It's one of my favorite episodes because I think, you know, there's just a lot of other touches there i was watching it back the other day and just you know sort of looking at the scenes with you know annette in the opera house or in that and edward and the, just the lighting choices the characters like they, they they have a warmth and a glow to them that just is sort of you know conveying all this you know as you said emotion you know and combine that with the story and the acting and the music i think it's really like one of You know, I had a lot of favorite episodes. It's definitely one of my favorite things that we've ever done, uh, ever done uh, for Castlevania.
2: And and Zodwa gave us a wonderful script. uh, For
3: For sure. For sure.
0: Um, I think following up on this, my my other favorite character. I I mean, they're all my favorites. I love them all. And um, but Orox, uh, we get to see him this season um, in action, in combat, and he is a fierce warrior. Um, And we also get to learn bits and pieces of him through other people, like Drolta mentioning that he's an Aztec vampire, which I was very very happy about. Um, And then. Also, having these kind of bedroom conversations with Mizrak, where you kind of see him this more vulnerable side to get to know his background. Um, I just wanted to hear from you all, um, what, you know, what can we expect from Olrox in the future now that kind of the foundation's been set for, for this? I don't want to call him a villain, antagonist, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, that's one of the things that I love about uh, uh, Castlevania is that it, sometimes it's uh, uh, it's a little bit uh, the line is blurred, uh, and that's uh, one of the cool things with All Rocks. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely you know, as the guy say, he's he's complicated and that you know, sort of makes his, his story interesting. Even, you know, his interaction, you know, in the beginning with, with Julia is is driven, you know, by something that you know is deeply emotional to him. You know, he's lived a long time. He's seen a lot of things, and and even his perspective on you know revolution and and what's happening in the story is is um, he comes to it with an experience and you know sort of a perspective that the other characters don't have because they they can't they haven't they haven't been there they haven't been around for those things or been around that long to you know to sort of see the, the impacts of of uh, those those uh, things like colonialism and.
0: Expansionism and things like that. I think my favorite part where it summed up his character for me was when he was supposed to bow to Erzabeth and he keeps his eyes up at her instead of lowering them. Like No, he can't oh. he can't do it. He can't yeah. like <laughs> her.
1: Yeah, my single favorite All Rock speech actually is in the sixth episode when he's talking to Bizrak in the hotel room and he's talking about his background. Um that sequence to me is one of my favorite moments in every season of the show that we've done. And I think that it, it, it really sums up his character in a really important way. Uh, and I, I'm infinitely proud of what we did there. It's
2: just her. And, uh,
0: and my final question for each of you to answer is, what do you want people to take away from Castlevania Nocturne once they're finished with episode eight? Um, and now we have to wait for the next, you know, hopefully, <laughs> what, what comes next. Uh, what do you want people to walk away with?
1: Oh god, I hope that they want more. Uh, I hope also that I, I feel like we did a decent job, I hope, of making this feel totally connected to the original series and not far removed. Uh, mm-hmm. and that it feels like a natural progression, but also a, a, an evolution of it, you know, and that to me is the most important part. Uh, I'm really happy that we got to do a season, a, a four seasons of a show and actually finish it. It was like a thing that I wanted to do from the very beginning. And the fact that we're continuing it you know, there's a lot of anxiety behind it, but I, you know, once it's in front of us, I'm it really does feel like it does feel connected.
2: So hopefully you'll want more. I hope that they think that the new, this is, is this a spoiler uh, uh like going to be an after, after release thing?
0: Um, uh, I can make it an after release thing.
2: <laughs> uh uh, I was just gonna say I, I hope that they, they like the new uh, Alucard design and think that he's hotter than he was.
0: Yes, 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 I I'm one person, but yes. <laughs> that was where the Kojima question
3: came from. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies necessary.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, for
3: me I, I just don't I mean the show is visually gorgeous. I feel like it's an evolution of You know, of what we did before to Adam's point, it's connected, but it's an evolution. I, you know, I hope people enjoy the story and enjoy the characters and become invested in them in the way that we want them to and and really, you know, want to see more, really want to see them, you know, continue their stories. That would be, that would be great.